All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, content manager at So-Called Fantasy Experts and <clears throat> founder of FantasySixPack.net. My co-host tonight is AJ Applegarth. What's up, man? Hey, man. What's going on? Not too much. Just, uh, you know, I had to play a little, play a little Prince there for everybody. You know, it's uh, sad news he passed away. So, <clears throat> just uh, had to represent it there a little bit. So. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna, uh, gonna suggest it if you uh, weren't gonna do it already. I forgot to put put something in our our notes when we were going back and forth earlier, but. Good call. Definitely a sad loss to the uh, musical world. Seems like uh, all of 2016 is a, a death to music for whatever reason. But yeah, it's been pretty rough. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for, for that, sure. Reaper. Yeah, no kidding. I I actually wasn't the hugest Prince fan. That's actually, I mean, I know, I mean, I know of his songs. It just wasn't really my style. But I mean, he's definitely talented music. You know talented uh, musician and a, a lot of people like him and I, I think a lot of artists today kind of use some of his style in their music so it's he's definitely made a made a mark so so worth worth giving the love there early on yeah absolutely um uh, I mean I, I wouldn't say I wasn't a fan but I wouldn't say I'm you know his biggest fan either same same thing I you know I did like and, and appreciate his music and uh he definitely had some quality hits um but he's he was an unreal guitarist with just just what he did the energy he put into it and uh you know how seamless he made it look um even though it really wasn't at all <laughs> close to being that seamless so again sad loss for sure but See who uh, see who the Reaper wants to take next. I don't know. Keith Richards is still rolling around with uh, co- cocaine for blood, so uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm fairly I'm I'm fairly positive that he's a he's a he's half man half machine at this point. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Anyway, man, so we got a we got a pretty jam packed show again tonight. Um, you know, the NFL draft is a couple of days away, so we're gonna we're gonna get into some NFL news. We're gonna talk about some hot starts to the season for baseball, whether or not they are real or fake, and then you know just go through some typical news waiver wire pickups, and then you're gonna have your have your five minutes of fame here and do your do your rant. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Same so, man. So NFL draft coming up. I mean, are you really excited about this draft? I don't. I kind of. I'm not really. I mean, your team has the second pick, but do you care? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I, I don't really care for the fact that they traded their life away for this pick. Um. You know, I thought the uh, the days of Chip Kelly's uh, ridiculousness had had passed us by, but you know, apparently they decided that they hadn't, and uh, they wanted to work their way all the way up the draft. It's like, why didn't you do this last year 
and go get Marcus Mariota. He was the guy that Kelly wanted. And had had they done that then, maybe Kelly would still have his job this year with Philly. Not 100% on that. But I think he would have been able to succeed, you know, with a known commodity to him. Um, but then, you know, he comes out and says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to mortgage the future for, for one guy, even though it's his guy, his player, former player. So that, you know, is the confusing part that, that speaks volumes to me. It's like, why didn't you do this last year when you had an opportunity to do it then? And then you didn't. So, Bring in a new coach, let him make a new big splash. And listen, you can't say that this is a completely dumb move. Nobody knows that yet because how many draft picks in the later rounds don't pan out to anything, um, you know, or I'm sorry, in the earlier rounds don't pan out to anything versus guys that come out in the later rounds and end up having a great career in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You never know what, what you're getting. So, I, I don't know. I think it's a, it's definitely an interesting scenario, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But you can't really judge this move until we see what, you know, who's likely to be Carson Wentz uh, over Jared Goff turns out to be in the NFL. Yeah. I've I've really thought it was an interesting move. I mean, I thought you know we we spoke about the Rams trade there early on. We didn't really speak about the Eagles trade for some reason, but um, yeah. After what the Skins well, did, it just happened last it, week. So, oh, I know. I'm just saying. I mean, it after what the Redskins did, and they you know they mortgaged their future on one guy, and you know it, right away it looked like it was going to work out, but saw very quickly how you couldn't sustain that and if that guy that one guy goes down then they're completely screwed um looking like they're gonna bounce back but um yeah it's interesting and and you know one one of the one of the things that's gonna help them bounce back hopefully is josh norman the redskins got him because the, the panthers decided to pull back their um, franchise tag on him for seems like pretty bizarre reasons. It sounds like his his agent was speaking for him and wasn't really representing what Norman wanted. Although uh, I don't know how much of that is really true, but still, either way, the Redskins have him, and I mean, I think it's a big move. I think it's obviously going to help them. The Redskins secondary has been putrid for the last five years it feels like and you know they, they made they made some strides last year moving d hall to safety and breland is an up-and-coming star i think at corner but you know what what do you what do you what are your takes on this norman trade signing well, whatever i i i have to revert back to philly you know not not as a fan but more of a uh, a fan who likes to bash their home team because it was only a few years ago that the Eagles went out and they got 
you know, the best cornerbacks available and had this stockpile of all these great corners and safeties, and none of them worked because they didn't play them in the right system. Each one of those guys was superb in a specific system. You take them out of that system and you see what happens. So I hope for the Redskins' sake, they they play to Norman's strength. I mean, he's he's a freakish talent as it is, and I, I think he's going to still succeed regardless. But, I mean, you really didn't know his name before last year, I feel like. Um, no, I didn't. You know, I had no idea who he is. And then he came in and he just shut everybody down for the most part. So I, I think it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him and what kind of system they put him in. As long as they put him in something that he's used to, he's going to really succeed um, and, and potentially be a, a great leader defense, which – Overall, the Skins had a pretty decent defense, if I remember correctly. I mean, as far as... They were okay, but they're still pretty bad, yeah. They're still pretty bad secondary-wise, but... Yeah, their secondary definitely needed the upgrade. They got got the best guy out there. So, it's to me, it's almost the same as getting, you know, a a first-round pick that's coming in fresh and, and can play right away. So... I think it was a really good get for them. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I, it's going to make the secondary. You know, it's going to make the Redskins' defense better. I don't. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody denies that. I just. I question if it's worth the money. I mean, you just paid him Darrell Rivas money, and the guy is like you said. Nobody had heard of this guy until last year. Maybe Carolina fans did. I certainly didn't. Granted, I don't pay attention to a lot of defensive players all that much, uh, except for, you know, the the top, top guys. But you're paying him top-notch money for a guy who's now 28, had done nothing, next to nothing, his first few years in the league. It reminds me, and it's funny you bring up the Eagles, it reminds me of... Namdi Asawa. Yep. That's it reminds me exactly of him. And yep. so I kind of question, like, is it worth the money? You know, could we have gone out and – I mean, at this point, I mean, who's available? Nobody, right? But, no. you know, could we, if we had wanted to upgrade our secondary, could we have gone out and gotten two or three above-average players for the price that we paid for – superstar Josh Norman. Probably. And could that have helped more? Like I always kind of question that, you know, I, I always, you know, same thing in baseball, same thing in any sport, you know, in salary cap sports, well, baseball, baseball isn't a salary cap sport, but teams kind of have their own salary cap, you know, teams in small markets type of thing. Anyway, different point. Um, the, in a salary cap sport, it's hard to win when you have the highest paid players a lot of times. Basketball is a little different because it's kind of an individual sport, so sometimes that works. But we see a lot of times where it doesn't. 
you know, take Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony on the Knicks. Take a lot of these guys that are getting max contracts that really shouldn't be getting max contracts. Their teams aren't performing, you know. But it's in football, it's almost worse. You get guys that get this outrageous money, and they don't win. Look at the teams that are winning. The Patriots. Tom Brady, their best player, takes a significant pay cut to make his team better so that they can go out and pay guys. You don't see the Patriots really ever winning free agency like the Redskins do a lot. You know, the Eagles have done it in the past. It doesn't, it usually doesn't work. Now I don't know if this one move makes the Redskins win free agency because it was like pretty much the only real big move we made. I mean, Besides that, what would we get? Vernon Davis? Who cares? Um, so, I mean, I don't know if it makes us win free agency, but I think it, it, it is a huge splash, and it just makes you think back to all the really bad big splashes the Redskins have made. Bruce Smith, um, uh, Jason, what's his name? Jason Williams from um, Miami. What's his last name? I'm blanking. Uh, the defensive end. No, yeah, the, oh. no, the defensive end from he played for Miami forever. Um, Incognito. Jason Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Taylor, whatever. You know, Jason Taylor. A lot of these guys. Albert Hainsworth. I mean, my God, Albert Hainsworth was able to change the world. And look at how much of a bust these guys were. And. It just reminds me of that now. Granted, Norman's a lot younger than those guys. Well, I don't know how old Hainsworth was. He was just lazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, such a bum. <laughs> just, it just gives me a bad feeling that we're going to overpay this guy. Now, when I heard the extra details of the contract, you know, you first hear five years, $75 million, you're like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? And it's crazy money. But to think that it's now, I think it's like the first two years is like two years for 38 or something like that. And then a team option pretty much every year after that. It's not quite as bad. You know, we're not locked into this guy for probably way too long. So it's not as bad, but uh, look, it's going to make us better. I'm kind of happy we made the move overall, but it does have me a little bit worried. Not going to lie. So, yeah. What might have to make some fans of a team worried is the fact that Tom Brady is now suspended once again for Deflategate. Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, we, crazy. We knew. This is really we happening. knew that this was coming. Kind of. Uh, I, I, I mean, I feel like it's. Uh, I, I just don't. I don't think it's it's worth even bringing this back up. But uh, you know, it, the the. The way that it was set up was that they were going to push it off with the appeal, the initial appeal, and let it play out through the entire year, which I didn't agree with that to begin with. Like, what's the point of making this go away for a year and then bringing it back up? Why do you need a full year away from this to make them serve the suspension? You know, people had not necessarily forgotten about the Flategate, but 
it was out of sight, out of mind at this point. And now all of a sudden it's like, boom, Tom Brady's suspended for four games because of this. And it's like, in, if anything, he makes out better now because, yeah, it thinks he has to lose these four games, but he's only getting dinged in the pocket like a hundred, a couple hundred thousand dollars where it would have been like a couple million, I think, last year if it went through when it was supposed to or whatever. Um, I forget what the, the actual figures are, but it's like, what, what what lesson are you teaching here? Like, okay, you can still go ahead and go through with this, and then it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't even know what to say about this. I mean, this is not the last we've heard of this. This is going to pop back up again later this summer. It's very possible he gets all his games back again or gets it reduced to one. You know, it's going to be the same story as last year, the exact same story. It's going to be how late is he going to go? Are you going to take the risk on Tom Brady? And maybe lesson learned, you got to go all in on Tom Brady. You know, you've you've got you've got to take him where you normally would take your top five quarterbacks because even though he's going to miss four games, he's a game changer. But well, yeah, the thing that this helps with the fantasy is because a lot of drafts happened before this, you know, overturning or delaying of the suspension. He he was getting drafted super late, so you know, and rightfully so because you didn't know if he was playing those first four games. It sounded like he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so people went out and then they drafted a quarterback and then they took Tom Brady on a flyer. Like the one guy in our league had, I think Aaron Rodgers already, and then he went and drafted Brady, like three or four rounds later. It's like, why are you wasting a pick? You already have a stud quarterback. And your only intent to do this is to trade one of them, like which never no, works. And, by the way, and nobody nobody traded with them. I had I had Bradford because I wanted Brady, and I sat one round too late and missed him. And then, you know, he came right to me and was like, "Oh, hey, you want to you want to trade for Rodgers or Brady?" And he wanted Jamal Charles. I should have freaking traded him, um, but. Yeah, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna give up my first rounder for no, for Tom no, Brady. No, like, that's crazy. Get out, get out of here with that. Like, cause then my running back depth really would have sucked. Oh wait, it did for the rest of the season. Uh, again, <laughs> Charles. So, well, a lot of people's I, running back sucked last year, so you weren't alone. Yeah. <laughs> but my my point in this is that depending on if you're in a keeper league, you know where your keeper go in your upcoming draft, you could still have Tom Brady at a relatively cheap price if it's one of those. Yeah, absolutely. Like one round earlier draft pick leagues, which is how I run mine. So, you know, I, I forget who had I think my brother had him in, in our league. So he's sitting pretty with being able to take Brady in like maybe the eighth round, maybe the seventh round, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's still worth it to me. That's very much worth it to me for for a quarter of the season. But, you know, if you get a guy that can step in and play, like we talked about last year, you know, it's four games, okay? And they're not, you know, they're not the best games for them either. I mean, he's at Arizona, or New England is at Arizona. 
for game one. That's going to be a tough game. Um, and then they have, I think, Miami, Houston, and then Buffalo all home games. So, you know, those two division games loom kind of big. Um, but overall, I you know, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's going to affect except for redraft leagues. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely going to make him drop again this year. You know, it's, it's just going to yeah. happen. So it'll be interesting to where, see where his ADP kind of is in, in late July, early August area when they, this is probably still going to be kind of up in the air is my guess. Um, yeah. And, and don't forget, man, like with the draft coming up, the Patriots lost two draft picks. They lost oh, this year yeah. and one next year. So that's, that's kind yeah, of crazy. So like, they're, they're they're almost, pick this year because of it. They're almost in as bad a position as the Eagles. So, yeah. Like, what happens – I kind of wonder, like, if if Brady's suspension gets overturned, do – I guess they're they're taking the draft picks away because they're saying the team still did something wrong, even if Brady could somehow yeah. separate himself from it. That's just – I don't know. It's just craziness. It's just coming way it, too yeah, I think it's I think it's a dual punishment. They're punishing the team because of it, and they're punishing Brady because he came out, you know, and was questioned about it and, you know, responded the way he did, I guess. But like, do I do I think he did something? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of a lot of evidence that points in his direction. But why is getting nicked, you know, a a year a complete year after the fact is Totally ridiculous. I mean, I kind of forgot about it, and all of a sudden I'm looking at the news. And he going, brought he this on himself. That's again? what I'm saying. They brought this on themselves by appealing it to begin with. And then, for whatever reason, this stupid appeals process taking, you know, this long to, to go through. It's like, okay, well, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, overturn this suspension for this year. But next year, I don't know. We'll see. Give me a break. Let let it be done and over with. Suspend him or don't. I don't really care. I'm just tired of talking about it. But something I guess we can not be tired of talking about. It seems like is the Eagles. All right. And <laughs> it's funny. I was uh, I was just looking at it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a, a tweet here. Um, uh, all right. Um. So while while you're doing that, I'll, I'll get moving on this because we're taking a lot of time up on this first thing, but. Um, so quick news, Bradford, surprise, surprise, he's upset. His agent is, is really upset and thinks that the Eagles blindsided him by not telling him their plans for trading up in the draft to, to go pick the quarterback of the future. I mean, the NFL is a quarterback driven league. I get it. Sam Bradford, you're a competitive guy. You've shown some flashes of, I don't know if I want to say greatness, but solid, you know, good quarterback play. Um, but your injury history scares everybody. Um, you know, you're very immobile in the pocket. Uh, you know, you're you're probably one more hit away from another, you know, season-long injury. So I just think it, it's – I think it's kind of not really a surprise to see this, but 
you know, whatever. He's not Doug Peterson's guy. You know, the number two draft pick is probably going to be Doug Peterson's guy. And if not, he's already got Chase Daniel, who is his guy. So, you know, it it sucks for Bradford, but hopefully they can trade him and and get something back, you know, draft pick-wise that will be able to fill in those holes that they now have. Yeah, and... I don't know if you saw the tweet yet. You you need to you need to go to your Twitter and look it up. It's um <laughs> pretty damn funny. It's uh apparently the Eagles want let's see, it wants they want want more, more than a second, than a round, second pick. round pick for Bradford. Now that doesn't mean well, they want a first rounder, although they gladly take it. But it could mean yeah. that they want like a second and a third or a second and a fourth. That's still ridiculous. Bradford has done nothing to prove that he is worth that kind of value. Although quarterbacks go for crazy stuff, so I don't know. It's just funny. The problem there is is that they want they want more than a second round pick because that's what they gave up with Nick Foles to get Bradford. They gave up their second round pick, and I think they got back either a third or a fourth. I think they got back a third. Uh, No, it was a fourth, and I think they gave that up this year to get this number two pick. Yeah, I don't know. It's total craziness. I have no idea what's going to happen there. I think Bradford should just suck it up. Goff or Wentz, whichever one they get, it sounds like it's going to be Goff, should not start this year over him. Go out there, prove that you're the number one guy in the NFL that you say you are, and go get paid elsewhere. You know, like, yeah. just be a man. You haven't played – you've barely played. Has he ever played a full season? He didn't last year. Yeah. So – Yeah, I think his first season – no. But regardless, Might like, that's the point. Second like, season. That's, that's the point. Like, he needs to go out there and prove he can be a top quarterback in the league. He's being paid like one. Go make it Go make it happen. Yeah. That's my message to Sam Bradford. And, you know, go out. If you, if you want to prove it, go be competitive. Go win the job. Go beat out the rookie who should have been a second-round pick in most drafts. Not a second pit in most drafts. So well, and yeah, and I, I'm as I said earlier, I think they're leaning more towards Wentz than Goff. I think the Rams are leaning towards Goff because he's a California guy, and and I think he's probably the better pick. Um, but yeah, overall, um, it looks like Bradford played 16 games in 2010, 2012, played. 14 games last year, 2015. Um, so he's had he's had two seasons of of full seasons. Yeah, it's in in what a six six seven year career. This is this is a seventh season. So uh, yeah, wow, has he really been? Wow, yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. it was That's 2010, crazy. first round pick. First overall pick by the Rams. Oh no, I knew he. I knew he was the first overall. I do remember that. I just didn't realize he'd been in the league that long. But 
Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting there, and then, you know, we can finish off here with kind of some sad news, man. Like, and I don't really want to stay on this very long. We do, we do need to move on. Yeah. Johnny Manziel indicted on sexual assault charges. I mean, if you if you haven't you know seen even the news about any of this, uh, it it's just a at this point it's a sad ending to uh just a sad ending to his career. I mean, there, there's almost no chance he gets back. I can't see it happening. And he he did it to himself. He's out partying all the time. He took, he, you know, he got cut from the, the Browns. He could have taken that chance to get better, prove to the NFL that he was going to take it seriously, you know, take that message and go, Oh, maybe I screwed up. And instead he went out partying, uh, went to, I don't know, what was it like Coachella or whatever, but, it's it's just sad, you know. I, I don't know if he was ever going to be a really good NFL quarterback, but you know, you don't want to see this happen, people. Um, yeah. Anyway, so so let's move on here to some fantasy baseball, um, and we'll, we'll start out here with a uh, you know we did a little game last week, so I kind of kind of enjoyed it. So we'll, we'll kind of keep with the the game theme, although I won't do the game music, um, but. Well, I'll list some guys and their stats, and then you can tell me if whether or not you think their start is real or fake. And we'll start out here with the Chicago White Sox pitcher, Matt Latos. He's got a, a 4-0 record, a .74 ERA, a .82 whip, and only 13 strikeouts. So his, his strikeout rate is pretty low, but... um. What do you think here, real or fake? I'm going to go with real. I mean, here's a guy who had back-to-back three-year stints with his first two teams, uh, you know, San Diego and and then Cincinnati. Uh, But then last year he managed to play for three different teams in in one season alone. So it's kind of hard to get into a good groove when you're bouncing around that much. But with his his three-year – teams, you know, the second year with each of those teams, you know, were, was his best two career years so far. And, and with those stats, I mean, he's showing flashes of those seasons again in, in only his first year with Chicago. Um, I mean, I do expect the ERA and WHIP to increase closer to maybe like, you know, 3.0 and, and 1.15 respectively, but with the rate that the, the White Sox are playing right now, I could even see him having a 15 to 16 win season. You know, strikeouts, I would like to see them go up some too, but, you know, they are what they are. If he's helping you out in those other categories, you'll take what you get with those. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to quickly just chime in here on, on each one too when you're done. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit of fake. The strikeout rate really is alarming. Um, but his FIP and his ex-FIP are, you know, his FIP is 3.53, which still isn't bad, but his ex-FIP is 4.95. Um, I kind of think things are going to come crashing down for, for Latos hard, and it's going to come probably pretty soon here. Someone's going to light him up for 10 runs in, like, two innings, and this is going to be ugly. So, and, and then it's probably just not going to really get a whole lot better after that. Um but anyway, so I'm going to move on. Uh, Colby Rasmus, 293, 
seven home runs, 11 runs, and 18 RBI for the uh, the slugger there in Houston. Yeah, here again, I'm I'm sticking with real. I, um, I mean, he he's always been touted as a solid prospect when he was you know coming up in the in the bigs with uh, St. Louis. He's had successful seasons uh, overall with St. Louis, and, and then again in Toronto, he's got 20 plus homers in four seasons, and he can easily chip in 60 plus RBIs playing with Houston. Um, I, I I expect a little bit of a drop in the average. Um, but in my mind, I think the stats are real. Yeah, I tend to agree with you here on this one. Uh, I mean, obviously, the the pace he's on now probably isn't real, but I think he is real. Um, I think I, I agree with you. The average is going to dip back down probably at least to the 250-ish range. Um, his strikeout rate right now is a little lower than what his career average is, but you know, that's that's not terrible. Uh, I, there isn't a whole lot of regression there. Where I think you're going to see the biggest regression is his on-base percentage. He's 418 right now, and his walk rate is 20%. His career, his career is nine. So that's going to come crashing <laughs> down pretty hard. <laughs> uh, so his yeah. OBP is going to plummet. So those of you in OBP leagues, uh, enjoy the 418, but it's not going to continue. Uh, but yeah, I mean the power is going to be there. He, you know, I could even see him hitting 25 home runs, possibly 30, and in hitting closer to 70, 80 RBI. I mean, why not? This this team's pretty loaded. Um, if they can stop striking out at a 30 percent clip as a total, then yeah, I don't see any reason why not. Yeah, the the strikeout rate was was something I was going to mention with you know. Uh, with that on-base percentage and, and that walk rate, that's going to go down and his strikeouts will oh, still yes. remain high. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so another slugger here in uh, – I just realized I picked three pretty large home run guys here. I don't know if I did that on purpose <laughs> or it's just the first three guys that caught my attention. So Mark Trumbo, uh, Orioles' favorite this early season, batting – 373 with five home runs, 12 runs, and 16 RBI. Real or fake? Uh, I mean, I have fake listed here, but I, I mean, I kind of was was leaning towards both on this. And I say that because for whatever reason, he's only got 16 strikeouts this year, and that number is absolutely going to go up. Uh, the power has always been there for him, so you know, but here again, five homers isn't really a lot, but 16 RBIs is nice, you know, this early in the season. I think the homer numbers could definitely uh, continue to be on the rise with him playing in Baltimore, but that average is, there's no way that's, that's being maintained. I mean, that's sinking back down close to his, his career 253 much sooner than later, so that's where where I see the fake part of this equation. Yeah, I tend to agree with you here. I mean, his projections right now on ESPN are pretty, pretty outstanding. You know, talking forty home runs and stuff like that. But so yeah, that that's clearly not going to continue. <laughs> um, I mean, he, like, could he? Could he? Could he do it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's hit in the thirties a couple different times, three different times actually. So, oh no, I guess twice. One of those is minor leagues. I just noticed. Um, I think he probably could finish close to 30 
batting averages, yeah, going to definitely drop. The the strikeout percentage isn't so ridiculously off kilter. I mean, his career is 24. He's at 21 and a half right now. Um, the walk rate could actually go up. He's not walking as much as he usually does. Um, but, you know, it's it's definitely the, the batting average. His, his batting average of balls and play is really high, so that's going to come down. So, yeah, it's it's a little fake. It's a, it's a little real, but it's it's probably more fake than real. So I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Um, the last guy, the last hitter I have listed is Chris Carter. He's batting a, a two ninety five with five home runs, 11 runs, and 15 RBI. Real or fake? See, Carter's another guy that is very similar to Trumbo in this. I have him listed as both, real and fake. Again, the power has always been there with Carter. You know that you're getting those homers and those RBIs out of them. But the average is .75.075, sorry, over his career number of 225. So you definitely got to expect a regression there. The power is going to be legit, and Milwaukee's a great hitter's park. So I can see those numbers maintaining. You know, if if he continues to keep his average even somewhere around like 250, 260, he, he's going to be a steal for you, and he's going to be putting up those numbers. You know, a lot of people looked at Milwaukee coming into this season and thought that they were definitely going to be the bottom of the barrel of that division um, and, and just the bottom of, of the league in general. You know, they've, they've got some good pieces there, and I think they're, they're going to start to surprise some people um, this year with, with what they got, uh, if they haven't already. I mean, I, I like their team, and I, I think, you know, they're a couple really good pieces away from, you know, being a contender, a potential contender again. It's a tough division with the guys that are ahead of them, so they got to get around that. But Carter, Carter could be a big – to help him do that if he if he can maintain some semblance of what he's doing right now. Um, what? No. Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play that sound clip for one thing. There are a few pieces away from being contenders. You've got to be yeah, kidding man. me. Milwaukee's terrible. I mean they're eight and eleven, okay, not awful. They're not the worst team in the league, but there's no chance. I mean, their pitching staff is no good. It's it's worse than the Orioles, and we know the Orioles isn't any good. They're, well, there they're you hitting. go. They, you, they got piece rid number of, one, pitching. Piece number two, better hitting. All right? What, what, how many more pieces do you need? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so I will move on and finish, finish my uh, Chris Carter analysis here. So I'm going to say more fake than real. Um, the power, yes, he could hit 30. He's done it before. Fake because I think the batting average drops. The team around him is going to, you know, he's not going to continue to hit out of 15 RBI, you know, in – 18-19 game pace like he's at right now. Uh, the team around him just isn't good enough to do it. It's going to be the Chris Carter of the old Houston days when they were terrible and nobody else was getting on base, and he's going to jack 30 home runs and he's going to have 65 RBI. I mean, that's just, that's just how it's going to finish out with him. Um, and so, 
it's it's more fake than real for me. So I'm gonna have to sort of disagree with you there. The the last guy I have listed here is Jason Hamill, another ex Oriole pitcher pitching for the Cubs. And he's three and oh with a point seven five ERA, a one point oh four whip and twenty two strikeouts. He's been pretty dominant this year so far. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with him. I'm going real. You know, his his career numbers might tell you that uh, you know that it's a different story, um, and and that this season's numbers are fake. But look look at what he's done since he's been in Chi-Town. It's it's a different story altogether than his career numbers. You know, like you said, he's another former Orioles pitcher along with uh, Cy Young winner and and no no hitter Jake Arrieta. Uh, you know, they both literally flown the coop for the Windy City, and they've they've really found their stride in in Chicago. Uh, based on what he's doing right now, I mean, if you look at his season numbers the past two seasons with Chicago, or season and a half really since he got traded from Oakland, um, you know, or traded back from Oakland, I guess was is the correct thing there. Right. You know, he yeah, I can see him, you know, definitely getting around 12 wins total, easily hitting 170 plus Ks with the rate he's going right now. He might even be closer to 180. Um and, and he'll have an ERA and width that'll that they're going to definitely go up a little bit. Um, you know, the ERA is probably going to settle in closer to what he's done in Chicago so far. Uh, you know, it'll be around a 335 maybe. Uh, and then with, I can see him going up a little bit to a 1.10. So that's that's my projections for him. But he's definitely a real. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with you on this one. I think, uh, you know, he's not going to be this dominant. I mean, he's not going to be pitching Jake Arrieta good all of a sudden. But, you know, I, why, I, there's nothing that tells me that he can't keep this up. Um, you know, he'll get knocked around a couple of times. His, his left on his stranded rate is a little high. So that's, that's helping his ERA numbers, but you know, so maybe that when that comes down his ERA will normalize, you know, I think you're right, right, right. Just over the three mark. And yeah, I mean, the strikeouts are good. He's on a good team. So the wins are going to be there. Yeah. I ha- I have absolutely no issues with, with uh, Hamill at all. So for real with yeah. me. Yeah. The other thing with it too is, you know, while he's not going to be Arietta, he has him there to compete against and to push him to be that good. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you get into that situation where you and a teammate or like the Phillies had a few years ago when they just stockpiled their four aces of, you know, Halliday, Cliff Lee, Cole Hamels, and Roy, Roy Oswald, and then, you know, they thankfully brought Joe Blanton in as the, the no, this is the fifth guy. No, it's it's just Joe Blanton. You, you guys are the four that we're, we care about. But those guys competed with each other and, and pushed each other. So, you know, when you see your teammate going out and throwing no hitters, you want to try to do that. So I, I definitely like the competition aspect of it. I think he's going to have a, a great season. Yep, I agree with you there, man. So on to some top news for for baseball for fantasy players. Pretty rough. Uh, Carlos Carrasco this weekend 
Uh, sounds like a pretty bad hamstring strain. He's going to be out four to six weeks. I mean, I don't think you can drop this guy, but that's that's a that's a huge blow. You just have to hope he can come back and and you know be the same guy. I think you know ha- hamstrings are always tricky. You never know how how, how long they're going to linger with players. Um, some good news: Michael Brantley returned. Uh, he returned yesterday. I think he got one at bat. Uh, went over one. Tonight he is playing, and they are in the bottom of the fourth. He has gone. He's actually batting cleanup. He's over two. Eh, I mean, he, he'll knock some rust off. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I like Brantley a lot. I kind of, I kind of worry about the shoulder injury a little bit with him. Like I think he had something similar with his. I mean, he had a back injury last year. It seems like it takes a little while for his power to kind of come back. But you know, I like him overall. He's just a solid all-around, all-around player for fantasy players. Um, what are you kind of foreseeing with this for this guy the rest of the way? Yeah, I think Brantley is going to be a nice addition um, if if he can stay on the field and be you know productive uh, with with the stats that we've seen in the past and, and get back into that form. Uh, I, I like him. Uh, I definitely think he's worth owning. You know, obviously he, he's worth owning. Most people already do own him and have been waiting for this moment for him to come mm-hmm. back on the field. So, um, I mean, I don't know if I really have any solid projections for him, but I, I think as long as he stays healthy and can get into a rhythm, he he should produce for you. And, uh, you know, he'll definitely be a welcome uh, welcome addition to, to what people have had going forward to plug in you know, in his, in his absence. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll probably take him a little while to get going because it just seems to always do that every year. But once he gets going, I think you're looking at an average, you know, 315, 320, because that seems to be what he does. And then, you know, I still think he could do 1515 as, as long as the power kind of returns. So you're looking at a very, very solid rest of the season for him going forward. Um, so a couple of Minnesota Twins news here. We got Byron Buxton getting called down. Um, yeah, we, we we did that the little game with him last week. Would you add or would you drop or hold? And yeah. I forget what you said for him now at this point, but you know, I, Buxton, I was holding, Buxton was struggling hard. <laughs> I was holding both of them on their their uh, you know the fact that they were young and could hopefully turn it around. But, you know, I don't even know if you can really call this a sophomore slump for him. But, you know, I feel like he, he was up last year, but he didn't get anywhere near as much time as, as Sano did. Um, he got he got so, injured, so that didn't help. <laughs> it, well, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'm okay with him getting sent back down. You're not producing. Something's got to give. You know, give someone else a chance to get up there and uh, you know get in get into the field and prove that they can play. And maybe he needs to get back to the minors and and get a little more seasoning. And once he starts hitting there, he, he he's gonna be back up this year. They're not gonna just leave him in the minors unless he completely craps the bed there too. But he'll be back up, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think he will too. It, it kind of reminds me of. 
roughened Odor. Yeah, last year he was he was called up, got set back down, got called up again, and was was awesome the last half of the year. So you got to hope he can do that. I mean, my question to you for Buxton is in in non dynasty leagues, do you hold on to this guy in redraft leagues? Do you hold on to it right now? Just hope he comes back in a month. Uh, depends on the the roster space, obviously, but I don't think I'm holding them right now. I mean, if I have better options of guys that are playing, I mean, even guys that are out there that you can pick up that are not highly owned, I'd I'd rather take my chances. Maybe keep an eye on him, obviously, and see what you know when it looks like he might be coming back. But I'm I'm ready to cut bait on him. Yeah, I kind of think I would too. I'm I just having a tough time figuring him out. I'm just not really sure he's he's got what it takes at this point. Um, uh, some better news for the Twins: they're calling up their their pitching stud, Jose Barrios. Um, big time prospect. He's been he's owned he's been owned in every single league I was in. I didn't think he was gonna get called up quite this early, but um, he's a big time prospect here. You know, I, I'm not gonna ask you to give any projections here, but I, I think we can both agree that you know if he's still if he's for some reason out there, go pick him up, give him a chance, um, and hopefully he can produce. I mean, we've seen young guys do it time and time again over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, I'd like to call up, um, and it'll definitely be interesting to see what he can do. He's scheduled to start tomorrow against uh, Josh Tomlin, who's had a, a good you know, couple of first starts. Um, and you know, I feel like he could, uh, he could end up being a pretty decent ad as well. Yeah, I agree with you there. On another prospect call up here, uh, Tampa Bay, they called up their uh, pitching uh, star prospect here, Blake Snell of the weekend, and and he pitched pretty well against the Yankees. Five innings pitched, one earned run, two hits, and six Ks. Uh, And they sent him right back down, but you got to think this guy is going to be kind of right back in there. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. I mean, was he – fighting off Erasmo Ramirez, I mean, I, I think they're going to get this guy back in pretty quickly. There's no reason not to. Well, I think Ramirez is more of, you know, just a, a long-release type guy anyways. Um, I don't remember him actually starting any games yet this year. Maybe he has, and I'm just off on that. But, um, yeah, I, I – I don't see what they're going to wait on for him. He was always, to me, one of the the first guys that was going to get called up. So, um, you know, it was a pretty pretty good showing against a good team. So I think he definitely needs to, to be back up sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Snell's definitely going to get the call up. And, yeah, I just looked it up. He started one game, uh, at least four and one. That's kind of crazy. Uh, but he, I mean, he actually has pitched pretty well, but, I mean, it's Erasmo Ramirez. I mean, his career stats are not, not anything fantastic. So, no. 
think, I think he can definitely outmatch him. And if you and if you look at the Tampa Bay Rays depth chart on their site, they only have four pitchers in the rotation right now. They don't even have a fifth. So that's that's telling you right now that they plan on bringing this guy back in, uh, or, or at least somebody. I mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> they gotta that do is something. Right? I know that's kind of absurd to me that they, they don't, they just don't have anybody. Yeah, I mean, you got Archer, Smiley, Odorizzi, and Matt Moore, and that's it. Pretty good pitchers, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. So I. I mean, I think Ramirez was the other guy, and maybe they just, you know, April, you, you, a lot of times you have the luxury of skipping your fifth guy, and maybe that's just what they were relying on there for a while. Um, yeah. So, because, you know, the way the schedule works out in April, for some reason they, they put in a lot of travel games. Was that, that first week's always kind of weird. We've, we've mentioned that before. Um, yeah. So the, the last thing I want to bring up here for news, pretty big-time fantasy implications here is, Cole Hamill's groin injury got scratched from his start this Monday, and they're saying he's probably going to be okay. But you know, that's that's a big guy to lose. I mean, I've got him in a couple of my leagues, so it's it's not it's not leaving a warm fuzzy feeling for me. Yeah, um, I mean, you never want to see anybody go down with injuries, but him being a former Philly, I still root for him, you know, still like the guy and hope that this is just a short term thing and he can get back out there sooner, uh, you know, to, to get back out and help this team. I mean, he was kind of the big cog that AJ, you there? You're breaking up, man. All right, well, we may have lost AJ there. So, yeah, it sounds like, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, sounds like, you know, he was going to say how he was big, big cog in the Philly trade, but, um, you know, it's always a tough loss. So we'll move on to some waiver wire guys here real quick while we're waiting for AJ to come back. Um, just, a, just a couple suggestions for the both of us here. Um, I was going to suggest Melvin Upton for my hitter, and actually AJ's back. What's going on, man? We lost you there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. My phone just <laughs> decided to uh, hang up on me in the middle of talking. Um, yeah, that's all right. But yeah, basically, I was just trying to say that you know Hamill was projected to be you know the top of that rotation with Darvish once he gets back, and it was going to be a solid one-two punch. But yeah. That's, that's all I got on that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and moving on. So, yeah, I already started the waiver wire thing, so so we'll rip through our couple guys here pretty quickly. Um, okay. My hitter is going to be the former B.J. Upton, now known as Melvin Upton Jr., and I, I can't believe I'm actually suggesting to pick this guy up. It's It's crazy to think that, I mean, he's been so bad for so many years, it feels like. Um, but then when you look at back, he's only three years removed from a 2030 season, almost a 30-30 season. I mean, this guy used to be legit. Um, and he just fell off completely. He got traded to the Braves, and I don't know if he just wasn't happy or what, but, man, he 
And but this year he's starting off pretty good. You know, I don't think we're getting thirty thirty or twenty five thirty from him. But it, it's very very possible you could get fifteen twenty fifteen twenty five from this guy. He's batting two fifty eight. That's actually down from where it was just uh, uh, just a few days ago. But you know, he's walking a lot more than he used to be. He's not striking out as much. Just so something's clicking there in San Diego for him. That uh, I think I think he could be a valuable asset to people. And then my my pitching pickup here is um, another San Diego player, and to no surprise, San Diego players are on the on the waiver wire because they're not very good usually. <laughs> and Andrew Kashner, you know, his ERA is pretty high, but he, but he's had some good starts mixed with some bad, you know, some bad mixed with good starts, and you know the strikeout rates there. Um, the whip, the the FIP and the XFIP are, are a lot lower than his ERA, so he's getting a tad unlucky. And uh, I I just think you know, maybe you play some matchups with him, but I think he could still be useful. And and honestly, there's just really not a lot of good pitchers on the waiver wire from what I can see. And so, you know, go. I I say you know take it take a chance on him and play maybe play some matchups with him, you know, and and. You know, you're at least going to get good strikeout numbers. Yeah, I, I agree with both of those guys, especially the, the Upton pickup. I've grabbed him in a, a couple of leagues just to, to fill some space because he's producing. Uh, but mm-hmm. my, my guys that I'm looking at, uh, I had two hitters that I was kind of eyeing up, but the first one I'll mention, Domingo Santana. Uh, not, I don't, I'm, I'm leaning more towards the other, uh, my other pick of uh, – uh, of Sean Rodriguez. I'll get into that in a second, but Santana is uh, the only thing going against him is, is that his home and road splits kind of give him a skewed output, and he's much better at home. Um, he's playing on the road in Chicago to start the week, but then finishes out the weekend at home against Miami, so that could be a nice snack for the weekend if you're looking for some help, but other than that, somebody to keep an eye on on the season. Um, and you know, I've already professed my love for Milwaukee and uh, their their need for only a few pieces this year. So <laughs> he could uh, he's an, he's another one of those guys that can help them out. But uh, back to my main pick here, Sean Rodriguez. He's first base eligible in ESPN leagues, but in in a couple other leagues, he's actually got outfield eligibility too. And he's always had like a super utility eligibility thing going on for him, but. He's hitting 375 with three homers, 11 RBIs, eight runs, and has a, a 500 on base percentage right now. Um, helping that is, you know, he's got six walks, which isn't huge, but it's showing that he is a little patient. And he's, he's also got seven strikeouts. So if you're in a league that, that bangs you for strikeouts, you know, something to keep an eye on. But the other stats are there. So if he's out there and you need first base or potentially outfield help, if he's you know eligible in that league, he's definitely a guy to, to target. Um, a pitcher who I was kind of surprised that was you know still available in this many leagues is uh, again surprise surprise another Brewer, Jimmy Nelson. Uh, guy's three and one with a 3.46 ERA, a 1.23 WHIP. He's already got 19 Ks over his four starts, so he's, he's punching people out at a good rate. Um, plus, he's a, a two-star pitcher this week, 
Now, again, like I said, he's got to face a strong Chicago Cubs team tonight, but, you know, he, he's facing uh, Kyle Hendricks, who's not had a great start to the season, so that helps the cause a little. And he's um, doing and pretty again, well already, by the way. Yeah. Four and, four and a third, two hits, two walks, six Ks, no earned runs. So there you go. Nelson. Nelson. That's Nelson. Or, so, you know, I, I think he's uh, he's definitely going to have a, a solid season for, for them. Um, and then again, he faces Miami at home on Sunday. So definitely a good pickup. Um, so, but that leads us into our our, our latest segment, um, the soapbox with uh, Dick Bixby. Uh, and Mr. Bixby is here to talk about uh, his rant for this week. So Bixby would like to highlight uh, – the the genius of Tyler Collins, uh, the Detroit outfielder who lost the ball in midair, uh, I believe it was last night, and then uh, he proceeded to act like a complete child because he couldn't handle the booze from the crowd. So in this, he decides to turn to the crowd and start giving everybody the finger. Um yeah, I, this is completely uncalled for, unprofessional in any sport. I mean, I feel like we see this more and more with these people that, oh, God, somebody's booing at me. Somebody doesn't like what I've done. I make so much money to be on this field or on this court and play this game that you can all pay to come and watch to help pay my massive salary. But guess what? I made a mistake. And I don't like when you point out my mistake, so I'm going to cry about it, and I'm going to give you all the finger for making me feel like a chump. Guess what, Tyler Collins? You are a chump. Who the hell are you anyways? Nobody's even heard of you. You're like Josh Norman two years ago. You know, get get out of this. Yeah, you apologized after the game because you realized you made an even bigger mistake by insulting and giving the bird to all of these people who, again, pay your salary for you. It's ridiculous. Why you think you can get away with this is absurd. It is unnecessary nonsense to the game, and it's just a black eye to a a good Detroit Tigers team. Um, So, you know, get off the field. I guess maybe you're in because J.D. Martinez is sucking ass right now. Thanks for that, J.D. But I, I don't even know who this guy is. But the only reason he's in a headline is because he, he, he did this. And, and you know, the, the funnier part is that Upton also couldn't even handle the ball once he found it and came potentially running to the rescue of uh, Mr. Collins here. And then he bobbled the ball and was looking around for it. So, you know, maybe Melvin needs to teach his brother a thing or two about fielding. I, I don't know. But overall, there, there's no there's no need for this in the game. You know, this is a – I feel like of the four major sports, baseball is the most family-oriented of the games. And, uh, you know, there, there's kids in the stands. Not that there isn't in all the other sports, but – feel like there's more kids in the stands of baseball. You know, you always see highlights of dads with babies in their hands and 
and beers in the other hand, and they're still catching foul balls with their teeth. I mean, this is what baseball is. If you can't take some booze from, from your hometown team, you know, you're lucky you're in Detroit and you're not in Philly because you'd be run out of the city in a heartbeat and you would not be able to show your face even as the away team coming into Philly. So uh, you got it lucky where you are. I don't even want to hear that crap. (laughs) Rant over. Fair enough, man. And I just want to add one thing to that. You didn't mention the part where he mouthed to the fans, F all of you. Oh, yeah. Did you not, no, I, did you not catch right. that? I did. I did see that on the highlight. Uh, the, the, link that I, the link that I had, you know, for this whole story has the video of it, and it's, it's paused until you hit the play, and he's just got his finger up, and he's just like, <laughs> like with this look on his face, like, I can't believe you're all booing me. Oh, so I didn't catch the ball. Oh, my God. Thank you all. Yeah, it's pretty pretty stupid. I couldn't believe. Like I had heard about it, but I actually hadn't seen it. And then you showed you sent me the clip today, and I was yeah. I was laughing like it was just unbelievable. I, <laughs> I mean, I've well, seen stuff like this before. It's just so stupid, though. It is. It's it's more ridiculous because now this is what's being talked about, not only by a nobody like me but by people that actually mean something into the game, everybody is talking about this DF gesture and it completely undermines the Tigers win. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they still came away with the win. Jordan Zimmerman gave up his first run of the season in this game. Oh, wait, because of that play. Um, So congratulations, Tyler Collins. You know, Miggy Cabrera hits two bombs. Who cares? Tyler Collins gave everybody the finger and mouthed F you all. Seems nothing. I mean, it's, 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 it's absurd. Yep. Definitely a black eye. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a shame when we see stuff like this in the game, but anyway, so we're going to finish off the show here and, uh, we've got one of the, one Twitter question here from a at super 12 Joe. He asked, in Dynasty, who is a better option at DH? Hunter Pence or Prince Fielder? And I guess it's only a four-category league, so they don't count stolen bases, which I don't – I'm not quite sure I've ever seen that before, but average home runs, yeah. RBI runs are the four categories he mentioned. Um, I gave him my answer on Twitter and told him to, to listen in to the show, so hopefully he is to get a little more insight to it. Um, but I, I told him Hunter Pence. I still think Hunter Pence, you know, is slightly better. It's close. Um, I think I think Hunter Pence can be a more overall player. And if stolen bases are part of it, then it's definitely Hunter Pence. So I'm kind yeah, of I, I, I don't know. I'm I still without weird. without stolen bases, I actually like Fielder here. I, I mean, I think he's gonna he's gonna get Pence in the average department. He's going to get him in the home runs department. He'll probably get him in the RBIs. That might be close. Um, runs, I, I definitely give the edge to Pence. But overall, I think I give the edge to Fielder there. Without stolen bases, it, it, 
if they're in it for whatever reason, then Pemp might creep back in. But uh, I like Fielder. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely close, but I still just, I mean, Fielder had a little bit of a resurgence last year, but, you know, he had been declining for three years straight. Um, Something just scares me about Prince Fielder, and I kept, I keep slipping him down my ranks. Um, And he's definitely, he's not even, he's definitely not off to a good start this year, which, doesn't always mean a lot. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really care a whole ton about April, uh, a lot of yeah. times. But it, it's definitely close. I mean, I, I think he former former Brewer. He gets the edge. Done okay. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> the Brewers are awesome. People, people Milwaukee are gonna love this show because of you. Uh, anyway. Um, so yeah. Anyway. So I mean, I say Hunter Pence. You say Prince Fielder. I think it's close. Sorry, we probably didn't help you a whole lot out there. Uh, I, I do like your name. Super Super 12 Joe. Uh, <laughs> that means anything. Anyway, um, yeah. that's all we've got. That's all I've got. Um, you got anything else to add for, for uh, the night? Yeah, the only, the only thing I'll, I'll add here, I, I uh, saw your, your notes from my question on earlier uh, as we had already started, so that's why I didn't bring it up earlier, but I have to uh, – Send on some some congratulations to uh, to you and the wife on uh, finding out the news that you guys are expecting uh, a little Joe Junior. Um, you know later this year. So congrats to both of you and to Charlotte and the family. And uh, thank you. Yeah, I hope, yeah, hope all is well news, with man. with the pregnancy. Yeah, no, things going good. Uh, just, I, I'm excited to, to have a boy. You know, I, I love, I, I love my little girl right now. But it's, uh, I'm surrounded by by all women right now, so it'll be nice to get some more testosterone in the house for for damn yeah, sure. Yeah, so I uh, feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my dog's a girl, my wife, then my my daughter, my mom lives with us. So I'm like, I need a boy. I need something going on here. So it uh it'll it'll be a, a nice change of pace and uh you know now we'll have one of each, so it'll be fun. Yep, yeah, definitely. Nice to even it out. But thank you again and uh yeah. So that's all I've got. I guess that's all you've got too. So we will close out shop there. See you all next week. Uh same time. Same channel. Boo this man! <laughs>